the Y'all Show back in South Carolina for the duration of this week. We are not really on a summer break or an early summer break because, first of all, summer's not going to be here till the end of this week, officially, that is. But we're working, y'all. We're not taking it easy when we're in the Palmetto State or wherever we go. I'm John Rawl back here in South Carolina. Good to have you back. We'll have a lot of South Carolina stuff to pass along, but we got all the good stuff going on from throughout the Southeast. In fact, in just a few moments here on the Y'all Show, as we get into our headlines, Stormy Daniels news that connects to the South. We'll tell you about that. Also, some information about right here in South Carolina, they're correcting maps from the 1800s, and it's causing quite a problem. Plus, a love story coming from Memphis, Tennessee, going all the way back to World War II. That's some of our headlines that we'll get to. And then we'll also have hashtag hullabaloo this hour. We'll also look at some business news. We have the results of the vote to unionize the Volkswagen plant in Tennessee. We'll let you know how that went down at the end of last week and some other interesting stuff out there, including where are millennials moving to? A lot of them are moving to the South, and we've got the latest research that will tell you the trendy places millennials are going. All that in our business spotlight coming up at the end of this hour. When we turn over to page two and hour two of today's Y'all Show, we're going to look at the College World Series. We saw the teams get into action on Saturday and we had some a lot. Well, we had a lot of Southern teams in play. We had four SEC teams, two ACC teams, and one Big Twelve team. And then you have Michigan thrown into the mix too. So that's your eight teams in Omaha at the College World Series. And we've got the latest on scores and schedules and all that coming up at the start of hour two. Plus, we'll look back at the U.S. Open on the golf side of things. And Brooks Kepka just couldn't quite get it done. We'll let you know who won. We'll let you know what all's going on in the PGA world when we have a weekend recap of sports, plus a lot of college football news to pass along in our update on sports at the top of the second hour. And then it's time for the teller of tales from Takapola Way. Jerry Short's going to be dropping by to talk about Father's Day. And then, hey, I found out something while I was here in South Carolina about my great uncle, and he despised blackbirds now my great uncle he kind of did a little farming and he didn't and, and so was the rest of my family i'm about the only person in my family who does not farm and i should maybe i should be but my great uncle kind of did his own thing in farming and he hated blackbirds and i'm going to ask jerry short when we have him on in hour two why oh why would uncle gene hate blackbirds there had to be a good reason even though jerry didn't know my uncle or great uncle to be specific he probably will know the answer. So we'll have all that coming up in our Teller of Tales from Takapola section at the uh, midway point of Hour 2. If you want to connect to us on Y'all, we would love to talk to you about Blackbird, Stormy Daniels, or any of this good stuff. Our number is 803-816-1170. And you can find us on our worldwide web address, y'all.com. On Facebook, it's y'all.com. Like us, and we will send a link out each and every day when we have a new episode of the All Southern Show. So easy to connect to us. We would love to get your input here on y'all. Of course, we can. you can find us on a couple of different apps if you have it on your smartphone or maybe your iPad. We are on the TuneIn Radio app. We're on the iHeartRadio app. Plus, we're on the Apple Podcast app. All free of charge, and all you got to do is log on to those particular apps, search for Y'all Show, and hit the subscribe that's free of charge, 
and each and every day, y'all will magically come right to you. You don't even have to go look for it, and it'll show up like you got a new email, and it'll say, whoop, you got a new episode of y'all with John Rawls. So thank you if you listen to us in podcast form, and of course, thanks to all of our great radio stations across the South that carry this all-Southern show. Well, starting out at a, the headlines of the world, we'll kind of start in the political realm. President Donald Trump is going to officially kick off his 2020 reelection campaign on Tuesday evening in Orlando, as he'll be having an event at Amway Center. That's on Church Street in downtown Orlando. The event begins at 8 o'clock Orlando time, and it's, again, the kickoff for his reelection bid Donald Trump 2020, president number 45, and he's got plenty of competition coming from the Democratic side. But if you want to see the president and the official kickoff, this is the, I guess, opposite of what he did four years ago when he came down the staircase at Trump Tower in New York. He's going to have thousands of screaming fans and admirers at Amway Center in Orlando as he officially kicks off the 2020 campaign for his reelection bid. And speaking of his candidates that are be across the aisle from him going for his job, a lot of them found their way to South Carolina here this last couple of days. They had a big event in Charleston. I saw Beto O'Rourke was in the Columbia area. And Beto, you should have come out to the ball game. I went to the Columbia Fireflies versus Lexington Legends. That's Lexington, Kentucky. They had a little baseball game on Friday that I went to. First time ever to go to Segra Park in downtown Columbia, South Carolina. A beautiful facility. It's only about three years old. And the Columbia Fireflies are the single-A affiliate of the New York Mets. The Lexington Legends, the single-A affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. And those two teams got together. And the Legends won and had a great fireworks show, a great family environment at Segra Park. But, man, that was a great opportunity for some of those candidates to come do a little campaigning. There's roughly, what, two dozens? Two dozen candidates running for president on the Democratic side. And now that the president's officially thrown his hat in the ring as of Tuesday, he can find his way to South Carolina a little bit more often in campaign. Of course, should be solid territory for him in 2020, as most of the South will be. But in Florida, which is exactly why President Trump is going Along the I-4 corridor, he knows that he's got to once again pull off a victory in the Sunshine State if he wants to be reelected in 2020. And I think most Floridians who voted for him are okay with the job that he's done. Of course, he's no poster child for perfection, at least from an attitude standpoint. But he's getting a lot of stuff done. A lot of Floridians happy that he's president. But a lot of them aren't. And in Florida, will once again, truly, it'll come down to be a razor-thin decision of which way president trump is it a victory or defeat in 2020 that's why he's headed to the amway center for the big rally i think it's a little too late to register but if you want to go on i just did donaldjtrump.com is the website you can get your free tickets and go stand in line for about 24 hours maybe you'll be able to sneak in the amway center's doors and check out this big kickoff to his 2020 campaign now one decision that was made at the end of last week that we didn't really touch on too much was the decision that Sarah Sanders made. She's going to head back to Arkansas and will leave as the White House press secretary at the end of June. She announced this Thursday, and she's going to be leaving, of course, the daughter of former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, leaving Washington, D.C. Now, what do y'all make of that? 
What do y'all make of the fact that the White House really hasn't had these so-called press conferences in months now? Well, it sounds really bad when I first tell you that, but if you really go back to President Trump, unlike a lot of presidents, he loves the spotlight. He loves to talk, and he is making himself available. (laughs) I don't want to use his words, but arguably more than any other president just because he's always answering questions and now what i don't like is oftentimes when he's talking to the press and answering questions he's doing it with a very loud helicopter nearby and so i'm not sure that some of the press corps might lose their hearing soon and they need to sue somebody for that as they didn't sign up to have hearing loss when they became a white house reporter but sure enough that's what the president often does to his credit he does take all kinds of mostly negative questions from the media and so the president kind of has done things his own way and that includes not having sarah sanders in her role as white house press secretary go out there and on a daily basis answer eh, some worthy questions but a lot would have been repetitive and or stupid questions and they just didn't do it that way now i don't think there's a law that tells you how to do the communications part of being the president or the executive branch. But we wish Sarah Sanders the best. Now, we're giving her plenty of time here because she's a good Southern girl, and she's got a tough position, tough because most of the media despises President Trump. And look, President Trump doesn't make things easier for a press secretary. And we know more than one time something that Sarah Sanders says is totally said the opposite by President Trump shortly after so it makes her look kind of silly at times and i'm not so sure that what she originally said wasn't what should have been said and what should have stood president trump a little bit unpredictable on his decision making but we wish her well some people are already saying she should run for senate some people already saying she should run for governor in arkansas as asia hutchinson i assume is going to be term limited and won't be able to run for the natural state's governor pretty soon That'd be kind of neat to see Governor Huckabee's daughter become a governor of Arkansas one day, but wishing her well, and my money is on, and this may have already been decided before we hit the air, that they're probably going to do what is the easy route here, and they're going to tap Hogan Gidley to be the next White House press secretary. Right now, he's the deputy White House press secretary, I think is his official title, but he is an Arkansas native who graduated from the University of Mississippi, but spent a lot of years in, right here in Columbia, South Carolina, working in conservative and Republican politics and worked on Governor Huckabee's campaign for president. That's how he knew Sarah Sanders, and that's why he got tapped to go to D.C. to be an underling of Sanders in the West Wing the last couple of years. I think he's been on the job about a year and a half Hogan Gidley. That's my money. That's who I would say would probably get picked for this job as soon as a decision is made. But uh, again, Sanders coming back south where she can go out and eat, hopefully and not be get kicked out of restaurants anytime soon. Keeping a name that's familiar with Donald Trump in the news and also something worth talking about, Stormy Daniels. I had no idea that this lady who... I think, what is her real name? I can't think think of it right now. She is a native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And this adult film actor, director, and producer plans to host a swamp trash block party in New Orleans at the Fallberg Marini neighborhood. And she did that yesterday. 
and it's designed to benefit abortion rights. And it will be an event where food will be provided by Aloha, Nola, and Brotherly Love. There was a silent auction and a raffle. All that put on by Stormy Daniels, the Baton Rouge native, coming back to Louisiana to have fun and raise money. A swamp trash block party there in the Big Easy held on Sunday. Right on Father's Day, by the way. That's kind of trashy there. But what do you expect from a, again, adult film actor, a adult film director and a producer, Stormy Daniels back in the Pelican State. Governor Abbott of Texas has signed legislation allowing beer-to-go sales in the Lone Star State. Oh, we need to go down to Texarkana and get that load and head back to Atlanta, Jerry Reed. Yeah, Governor Greg Abbott held this ceremony on Saturday. And he signed House Bill 1545 into law, which allows craft breweries to sell beer to go within the borders of Texas. The bill also extends the operations of the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission and reduces burdensome regulations on the beer and wine industry. So if you're really needing a cold one and you don't want to get out of the car, at least for these craft breweries in Texas, Get beer to go, beer to go, which I guess will open up a whole new line of maybe businesses, businesses down on the roadside at busy intersections. Hey, you just swing by, we'll throw a beer out in your car and you can just keep on heading on to to the good old times. To Mississippi and Natchez, the historic town of Natchez, Mississippi, workers there have begun installing the foundation for a monument honoring civil rights activists who were arrested back in 1965 and taken to a prison where they were held for several days without being put on trial. And this monument being built in Natchez, proud to take a stand. It's being built near a spot in downtown Natchez where the mostly young black protesters were held before being taken to the Mississippi State Penitentiary in Parchment in the Mississippi Delta. Now, Natchez Mayor Darrell Grinnell says his father, Jonathan Grinnell, was among the protesters arrested while marching for civil rights. They did not have a permit, as was then required by a city ordinance. The rule was later ruled unconstitutional. The monument's supposed to be finished by early October, the anniversary of that march back in 1965. But maybe if you're in historic Natchez, you'll see a new monument called Proud to Take a Stand here later this year. Now, in Georgia, on Jekyll Island, horseshoe crabs have moved into an island, and they call it a ranch off the Georgia coast. And these horseshoe crabs are settling into their new home on this first-of-its-kind ranch on Jekyll Island. And this is the brainchild of a North Carolina-based biotech company called Kepley Biosystems. And they're looking to transform a decades-old industry that uses horseshoe crab blood to test the sterility of pharmaceuticals and medical devices. The crabs are often typically caught in the wild, then taken to labs, bled, then returned to the ocean, often worse for the wear. About a quarter of them die, but their numbers are declining, and the fact that some shoreboards, shore, shore birds rely on horseshoe crab eggs to fuel their long-distance migration adds to researchers' desire to take the pressure off wild populations. But who knew Researchers use horseshoe crabs and pharmaceuticals. <laughs> and all this taking place right now, not far from where I am, off of Jekyll Island, down around Savannah, Georgia. 
Now, here in South Carolina, a mapping error from 1897, it's causing all kind of problems for Berkeley and Dorchester counties as a mistake was officially corrected in 2018. And as a result of the GPS corrections of these surveyors' mistakes from 122 years ago, an apartment complex and a senior living home in Somerville, South Carolina, is now split between Berkeley and Dorchester counties. And South Carolina state mapping officials have been working for more than a decade using GPS to precisely draw county boundaries. The corrections of old surveying techniques have shifted lines hundreds or thousands of feet. And these problems in Dorchester and also in Berkeley County, which is just north of Charleston, off of Interstate 26. These errors go back to 1897. So chances are, I didn't realize that they could go shift these boundaries around, many of which have been kind of accepted for 100 plus years. And I guess GPS is the, the overriding umpire here to get this stuff corrected. Could make for an interesting discussion if you're in one of these areas affected by a GPS ruling. And finally, in our headlines of the South here today, going to Memphis, Tennessee for quite a story. After 75 years and a world war, a veteran of the greatest generation has reunited with his French love interest from back in World War II. K.T. Robbins, who was from the Memphis area, he fell in love. And this 97-year-old veteran is now being able to connect with his love from the small French town called Braille. And there he met this young lady. I guess they fell in love. And she said, he says that we baked bread for the third army. We baked a lot of bread. We baked about 3000 pounds a day. And that's how he met this woman. And they fell in love 75 years ago. And now he's been able to get in touch with her. He ended up marrying an American for 70 years he was married to his wife, Lillian, but now he is in touch with Janine Ghanaia, and they have been in touch. In fact, he was able to go back to France for the 75th anniversary of D-Day and connected with this woman in France. And a French TV network has been able to showcase this story. It's been viewed millions of times all over the world. And this Memphian back in France he might have been part of that group that we reported on here recently, a group out of the Collierville, Germantown area of Memphis, helped raise money for a whole bunch of World War II veterans to go back to Normandy. They paid for it, quite an endeavor, and that might be how he, as a result of Forever Young Vets, able to go back for the celebration of D-Day, and he was able to connect with that lady that he knew from WW2. Great that both are still alive. I have no idea if they're going to continue a romance or not since he's 97 years old but it's worth note that they are connecting after all these years no matter what happens what a feel-good story here on a monday when we come back on y'all we will we're gonna have a lot of fun we're gonna have hashtag hullabaloo and before the hour is up we have the latest business headlines from the southeast that we'll get to all of that on y'all talk with a southern accent Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. Another wireless ad. 
I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10e included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. S10e, 128GB, $15 a month after $16.25 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630.20, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee, and restrictions apply. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Ah, oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. Well, we're back at y'all as we are continuing to be on location in the Powell Meadows State. We got beaches, we got great mountains, and a whole lot of sand and gnats and collard greens in between. Glad to be back in South Carolina. I'm John Rawl. You can catch us here. Our number is 803-816-1170-YALL.COM is the website. And, of course, you can go find us on Facebook where each and every day we put the Y'all Show out there for you to be able to download and see the neat little images showcasing each of our episodes. Y'all.com on Facebook. Check it out. All right, looking at hashtag hullabaloo here on this Monday edition of the Y'all Show. We started out with Little Muffin 1112. I love the way that some people say the word little, little. Little Muffin 1112 is on Twitter at Little Muffin 1112. Loves dogs, rain, quoting movies, and knows useless fun facts. Hobbies include apologizing too much, goals, to rescue all the dogs and be as fierce as a drag queen. Okay. Little Muffin 1112 writes, I love Southern Shade. It's daily, passively, aggressively pure. Only we can make I'm a pray for you into an insult. Yeah, I'm a pray for you. So they're saying that they love Southern Shade. It's a daily, passively, aggressively pure only we can make I'm a pray for you into an insult. So when someone maybe tells you that they're going to pray for you, are they being insulting? That may be what Little Muff and 1112 is insinuating here. 
in this Twitter post your opinion. Hey, we want to hear from you. If you think this is an insult when someone says, I'm a prey for you. And they, they put here, they spelled it out. I'm a prey. I-M-M-A. I'm a prey for you. That could be an insult or they could just be genuinely nice. They're just real nice. And you tell us what you think, good or bad. 803-816-1170. Emily Jennings is on Twitter at Mrs. MRS, Mrs. E.M. Jennings, a fourth grade lead learner aimed at thriving and not just surviving. Type A plus opinions are my own from Emily Jennings. And here is a tweet from Emily. It says, Southern folk on vacation in Seattle. People here say y'all as an inclusive pronoun, but we also feel included to in the inclusive pronoun y'all. We are like the Beverly Hilly Hillbillies come to town here and we are having the time of our lives. Again, reading this tweet from Emily Jennings this week, who's a fourth grade lead learner. I guess that would be a teacher in fancy terms. It says Southern folk on vacation in Seattle. People here say y'all as an inclusive pronoun, but we also feel included in the inclusive pronoun y'all. We are like the Beverly Hillbillies come to town here and we're having the time of our lives. Okay. I don't know exactly what you're getting at, Emily, but an inclusive pronoun. See, the great news about the word y'all, it is inclusive. You know, we live in a world where everybody says they got to be inclusive and diversified. Well, y'all is a word that is Definitely inclusive and very diversified because we're all y'all. We're the, we're the South and see, we're being inclusive. We're going to say that y'all is, is where it's at <laughs> and we are the South, but we're, we're the best part of all. We're the best part of the country, the world. And that's why people are, they just want to be Southern and they just want to be y'all. So we're being inclusive and we're letting them, but we don't need to change. Okay. If you're a y'all person, we don't need you to say, well, you know, that's not really good English. And we really shouldn't say that. No, 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 no. We are making it cool in the English language, in the King's English. We're taking over this Southern thing. There's a whole lot more happening in the South and a whole lot more cool people in the South than any other English speaking portion of this country and any other English speaking portion of the entire world, including England. Yeah, I said it. I'm calling you out, London. London calling y'all is better than y'all. Okay. And until you prove me wrong, that's the way I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. So there you have it. Maybe we can start a third revolutionary war. We already had revolutionary war one back in the 1770s. Then we had the war of 1812 where we had to kick their butt again. And maybe we'll just have another one, but this time it will be the South versus the UK. Now that would be a fun, hey, this would be a good time to have it because they got so much turmoil over there with their leadership that this would be, uh, maybe we could just take them over and then, and, and what will we do now? We don't want to take them over. Have you ever had English food? It's terrible. Yeah. Fish and chips. I don't think so. I'll take my catfish any day. So. They can have it. Just leave us alone, England. That's what we wanted. We wanted taxation and, and, but we didn't get representation. So we started war, the war number one with you. And we don't want to have a number three, but if we had to, we will. We got too many good old boys here. They don't even have good old boys over there because they can't have guns. I don't think maybe for fox hunting, but that's about it. 
So, yes, bring it on, UK. Emily, thank you for sharing that. Todd Tillman is on Twitter at Todd Anson, A-N-S-O-N. I was once myself a swinger of birches, and so I dream of going back to B. Now, I had to kind of think long and hard what he was talking about there. But I do believe when he says that he was once a swinger of birches, he's talking about maybe he was a swinger of baseball bats because I think really good baseball bats that are wooden are made out of birch wood. I'm pretty darn sure. So a neat way of kind of having the hint that he's a baseball player. But what Todd put on Twitter this week says, flower gleam and glow, hashtag wildflowers, hashtag nature photography, hashtag Mississippi, and hashtag South. And I had to take a quick look at his photo. And what he has pictures of are beautiful photos of sunflowers. And man, what a beautiful thing sunflowers are. And we've got no shortage of sunflowers here in Dixie just like we don't have a shortage of them across the land. Now, there, of course, come in various varieties of sunflowers. And so let me tell you first about Helianthus occidentalis. That would be the western sunflower. And it's another perennial sunflower species. And it thrives in USDA zones 4 through 8. Blooming's uh, are yellow to orange-yellow and are on display during the late summer in August and September. And this is what had me thinking, what in the world is a USDA zone, okay? The USDA, Department of Agriculture, they've got a map, and it is one of the most, uh, in the eastern U.S., it's it's a map that most gardeners rely on, one that it has the way that the, uh, it really is about temperatures, okay? The map divides North America into 11 separate zones, each zone is 10 degrees Fahrenheit warmer or colder in an average winter than the adjacent zone. So again, if you want to have a delicious, beautiful, they're not delicious. I don't know. Maybe you can't eat a sunflower. If you want to have a beautiful sunflower out there, the Western sunflower, it needs to be in USDA zones four through eight. Now, how to grow sunflowers, okay? Y'all ready for this? And by the way, if you want to know what zone you're in, you better go to the USDA, Google it, and find the map. And they've got it kind of color-coded depending on where you are in the south. You can find out exactly what zone you're in. Again, 11 separate zones in North America alone. How to grow sunflowers. They require very little effort, but they are happy in any well-drained soil as long as they get six to eight hours of full sun a day. And for the best results, sow your seeds directly into the garden. Thin seedlings as they sprout. Just follow planting and thinning instructions on the seed packet. As the sunflowers grow, mulch and water regularly. And if taller selections need support, stake with bamboo and twine. And sunflowers to try, you can try all types of Really cool varieties of sunflowers. They've got pollenless, pollenless selections such as Moulin Rouge and Pro Cut Bicolor are great for cutting and won't drop pollen on your table. So some are kind of, got, they got stems that might be a little hard on you. You might want to cut them at an angle. I'm no botanist, so I don't want to try to outdo the local gardener or the local florist. But yeah, sunflowers are a thing of beauty and again the western sunflower really comes in full bloom in august and september so 
those are flowers you still got to look forward to seeing in their most beauty, be- beautiful, beautimous, if that's a word. I'm just making things up here. And their full glory. You still got something to look for when it comes to the Western sunflower, at least. And our finally, uh, our tweet here from Savannah. Uh, and Savannah's on Twitter at I R regular mama. I R regular mama. M O M M A. A wife, an S A H M. And then it says Aubrey Layton Barrett Christopher. Okay. So I had to learn what in the world is an S A H M. Is that something that millennials use? Is that some kind of code? Is that something naughty <laughs> coming from Savannah? All right. Here's what S H. S-A-H-M means it's an acronym and it stands for stay at home mom. So for all of our S-A-H-Ms out there, God bless you. Thank you for your work and this stay at home mom. I just mentioned four names here. These must be her kids. Aubrey, Layton, Barrett, and Christopher, the kids of Savannah. Thank you. And thank you, Savannah, for being an S-A-H-M. All right. Well, I guess when you got four kids, you can kind of Say what you want to on Twitter, and that's what Savannah's doing here this week. She writes, and I'm having to clean this up. She used a, a bad word that I'm just going to do the 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 word part of this, okay? It says, and I told that B word, I'll put you on my prayer list. <laughs> it's what I overheard at my local Mexican restaurant tonight. Hashtag Southern. Yeah, that's pretty rough but that's kind of going back to what we talked earlier about i'm a pray for you and i told that b word i'll put you on my prayer list that's pretty southern yes calling somebody by bad name and then saying you're gonna put them on your prayer list savannah we're gonna pray for you and i'm a i'm a pray for you and put you on my prayer list this stay-at-home mom savannah and that again is a quick look at the hashtag hullabaloo on this Monday edition on the road in South Carolina. When we come back, we've got some South Carolina business news to pass along. This is one of the states that millennials want to come to. And I'll tell you about the rest of the southern states that made this new list that we'll discuss. Plus some news from East Tennessee, Volkswagen's plant there around Chattanooga. They made a big decision last week. We'll let you know about that and more. All of that ahead as we conclude our first hour of this Monday, y'all. They always told Will he was too short to play basketball, but Will never listened. Will let his work ethic do the talking for him. Always in the gym, always running drills. Will knew where there was a will, there was a way, and he was Will. But then, after his second child was born, He realized the pros were all way better than him, so Will gave up and buried his high tops in a tearful ceremony. But one day, he heard that Geico could save him money on car insurance, so he switched and saved a bunch, which was awesome. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. 
You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl. Easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go. Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show. Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high. Baby, you're the apple of my eye. Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank. Honey, your love's better than money in the bank. We want to get a little money in your bank. It's y'all. Welcome back. It's Monday as we get this show going for a whole new week of broadcast from the Palmetto State of South Carolina. Hello from Area Code 803. I'm John Rawl. You can connect us here at y'all by going to our website, and that's y'all.com. And on Facebook, go to y'all.com on the Facebook page for y'all. It's the show that's all about the South. We're glad to have you back here. And here in this section of Monday's show, we look at some of the business headlines from across Dixie. And we start out in Hamilton County, Tennessee, where Chattanooga is located. And workers at the Chattanooga Volkswagen plant voted Friday not to unionize. And Volkswagen officials say 93% of the workers submitted their votes over the past three days, with 776 employees voting for the UAW and 833 employees voted against the union. So that a little bit interesting there for that. Again, 776 employees voting for a union and 833 voting against the union with 93% total of the employees working there having some kind of vote over a three-day period. The rejection of the UAW means that the Chattanooga plant will remain the only VW plant in the world that is not part of a union. A total of 1,609 votes were cast last week. And I drove through Chattanooga last week, and I heard advertisements on the radio, at least on a country music station that I was listening to, 993, the legend, I think it's what it's called. Great classic country station serving East Tennessee there, uh, southern, southern East Tennessee. And I heard ads saying, do not vote for the union. And guess what? It wasn't by much, but 30s, what, 60 vote difference there. No union coming to Chattanooga. And that the news coming from VW. Now, if you are union or non-union, you want to come to the South and you're a millennial, 
Where are rich millennials moving in 2019? A new story is out, and this is on smartasset.com, and they found that rich millennials are moving to the coast. Seven of the state, seven of the states in the top 10 are either on the east coast or west coast. And the Northeast isn't popular with wealthy millennials, except for New Jersey. So your list of where rich millennials are ahead in 2019. Number one is California. Number two is Washington. But we got a bunch in the South that we'll tell you about. The third most frequent place for rich millennials, Texas. Number five is Florida. And number seven, North Carolina. Number eight right here, South Carolina. Rich millennials at number nine are heading to Tennessee with Joyzy at number 10. So if you look at this map of the 10 places that millennials that are rich, where they're moving, it's toward the south. It's kind of southeast and west coast is for the most part where it is. And then you've got Colorado checking in at number four. But what a what a trend there in Texas. It's the third most popular state to which rich millennials are moving The net inflow is just slightly lower than that of Washington State, and Texas had a net inflow of 1,878 people under age 35 with adjusted gross incomes of $100,000 and above. Now, what about South Carolina, since that's where we are? South Carolina is at number eight on this list with a net inflow of 573 wealthy millennials from 2015 to 2016, and data shows that During that period of time, roughly 2,000 wealthy individuals under the age of 35 moved into South Carolina, and about 1,300 moved out of South Carolina. But that's just one of the several southern states that, again, rich millennials are flocking to in 2019. Now, a lot of people, rich or not rich, come to South Carolina, and we have a story from scbiznews.com. About tourism pays our bills, y'all. That's the headline coming from the staff of this website. And here are your top tourism counties by tourism spending from right here in South Carolina. Ory County, that's H-O-R-R-Y, is at $4.3 billion of tourism spending a year. That is Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Coming in at $2.5 billion, roughly $2 billion short of Myrtle Beach is Charleston County. Uh, tourism spending there, which is a wonderful area. Then another area that's wonderful in this state is Beaufort. Beaufort with Hilton Head and Bluffton and also Beaufort itself, the county seat at 1.4 bill. Then you got Greenville at 1.3 billion and Richland County, which is Columbia, the capital city, $684 million in tourism spending in one year alone. Jobs supported by tourism, O'Ri. Just over 42,000 jobs in that county. And if you want to know where does that money go in South Carolina, if you're looking for the economic windfall from tourism, 90% of the revenue from tourism comes from hotels, airports, 80%, recreation, 50%. So it's big business in South Carolina. It's big business really throughout the entire Southeast. Now, just how big is it across the Southeast? Visitor spending in Virginia has grown 4.4% 4.4% in 2018 as it generated $26 billion in visitor spending and that increased over 2017 again 4.4%. And that supported 234,000 jobs in the Commonwealth 
a 1% increase from the previous year. The travel industry is the fifth largest employer in Virginia. So wonderful news. And again, Virginia, where Virginia is for lovers, a slogan introduced 50 years ago. It is a big business in Virginia, as it is across the southeast. Now, how about Texas, a legendary place from Texas, Whataburger. Y'all like Whataburger? And they're not just in Texas. I don't think they got any of those here in South Carolina, but I see them in Florida, and I see them in, let's say, I think I've seen them in eh, Mississippi's even got some. Yeah, Mississippi has some Whataburgers. They're not everywhere. I think they got a handful around Atlanta. But the burger chain with a 69-year family legacy in the Lone Star State has sold a controlling interest in the company to Chicago-based investment banking firm BDT Capital. The Dobson family, who founded the company, will remain minority stakeholders, and the headquarters will stay in San Antonio. But again, Whataburger, after all these years, selling out controlling interest to a Chicago, not Dallas, not New Braunfels, but a Dallas investment banking firm, BDT Capital. Love those Whataburger fries. Got good shakes, too, if you have a chance to go to a Whataburger somewhere in the South Please do. We just celebrated Father's Day on Sunday, and it turns out in this article from WPTV.com that Florida dads are the nation's best homework helpers. <laughs> yes, if you have a kid and you're in Florida, you're you're in luck if you're the kid, as 44% of dads in Florida help their children with homework assignment, and that number was 86% nationwide, according to the survey poll. But half of those admitted they get stumped by their child's homework. And this is done by a survey by Brainly, an educational technology company. And Florida dads are the nation's best homework helpers. So again, 44% of dads in Florida help their children with these assignments. Good job, Florida dads. You're out there helping in a big old way. And those kids sure really do appreciate it. Well, that is a quick look at some of the business news across the Southeast. Hopefully, Lee, y'all enjoyed that and learned and from the Florida dads to the Whataburger chain to all the tourism impacts across not only South Carolina, but our sister states throughout the entire region. We love it. And this is prime tourism time. It's summertime. It actually is reunion time. And there's reunions going on for class reunions. They have the family reunions, especially in the black family reunion circuit goes on in June, primarily July. And you'll see people get together hundreds and you'll see the t-shirts out there. And that's really a great thing about our region, especially in June and coming up in July. And we'll cover it all right here on the Y'all Show. We've got a whole lot of good stuff that we'll cover in hour two of today's Y'all Show. We've got the latest from the College World Series in Omaha to start hour two. And then we'll welcome in our friend Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola is headed our way with some darn good stuff to talk about and we can't wait to share that with you that's all ahead on the y'all show with your host john rawl new phones and we're looking to save money well you've come to the right place look no further sprint has the deal for you double the fun 
Lease the latest iPhone and get an iPhone XR on Sprint. Wow, iPhone XR has an amazing camera. Get in here for a selfie. Okay, great idea. Do I look okay? How's my hair? I'm switching to Sprint. Lease the latest iPhone and get an iPhone XR on Sprint. All you need is approved credit and 18-month leases. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today iPhone XR 64 gigabyte 3125 a month. Second phone $0 after 3125 a month credit applied within two bills. Requires two new lines of service. If cancel early, remaining balance due. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Excludes tax. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. As we watched the suburban garden gnome carefully, carefully without disturbing it, he noticed that it moves like not at all. It's inanimate and utterly without brain function. But despite that, when a garden gnome hears about how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, it's clear to them you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. But on second thoughts, maybe don't watch garden gnomes too carefully. People might talk. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Woo! Let's get crazy! In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in too. Just so you know, in real life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in. Come on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide... Dogs walk it off. Dogs walk it off. Oh my goodness. Welcome back. It's y'all. It's hour two. And yeah, we're talking about the College World Series. Congratulations to the Mississippi State Bulldogs in dramatic form. They win last night in Omaha. We've got more on that thrilling win. This is y'all talk with a southern accent. And yes, we cover college sports big time here. And we also have the teller of tales from Takapola joining us here this hour. It's Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent on the web. We are at y'all.com. Our number, 803-816-1170. Can't wait for you to enjoy this all-talk Southern show. Oh, yeah. And as we get this second hour of today's Y'all up and going, yes, it was a thrilling, thrilling win for Mississippi State's baseball team as they faced a familiar foe in the Auburn Tigers last night in Omaha at TD Ameritrade Park. Auburn had this game under wraps. Auburn was leading four to four to nothing, four to one, something like that. And they had this game in cruise control, surfing toward a first game victory there in Omaha 
and they let the Bulldogs of Mississippi State score four runs in the bottom of the ninth inning, and MSU walked it off with a thrilling win, five to four. Now, MSU did have 12 hits compared to Auburn's six hits in this game, but it was an error-prone game as the Dogs had three errors and the Plainsmen had two, and Auburn, man, they let this one get out of control, and they lose this game five to four. Now, good news, Auburn. You're still alive. This is a double elimination tournament out in Omaha, and they'll live to fight for another day. But Mississippi State advances. Chris Lamontis' team in Omaha gets that big win in game four of the College World Series, and they move on. Now, earlier on Sunday, it wasn't quite so dramatic, but Vanderbilt out of the SEC, they defeated ACC foe Louisville 3-1. to And now the cards drop down to the loser's bracket to face off against the Auburn Tigers. Again, that was on Sunday. Now, going back to Saturday when the tournament got going, a great pitching performance by the Michigan Wolverines propelled them to a victory over the Texas Tech Red Raiders in the first game on Saturday. So congratulations to the Big Ten program for, I would say, pulling off a little bit of a surprise win. I didn't think... First of all, Michigan would win it all, but who knew that they would ever get to Omaha to start with? They have been a Cinderella team. If you want to talk about Cinderella teams, remember, they went all the way out to UCLA, won that Super Regional. UCLA was the team that was the number one team at the end of the regular season. So they won that, and they also, did they go to, I think they went to Oregon State and won that particular deal there. So Michigan's on a tear. They haven't lost a game in the entire tournament, I don't think. I think I'm right on that. Texas Tech drops down to the loser's bracket. And then in the second game on Saturday evening, Florida State had a nail-biter against the Arkansas Razorbacks, and the Knowles won one to nothing over Arkansas. Coming up today in Omaha, Texas Tech and Arkansas played this afternoon. And then tonight, those two victors from Saturday, Michigan and FSU, get together with a 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock Omaha first pitch. And coming up on Tuesday, Louisville and Auburn meet in a loser's bracket game, and the Vanderbilt Commodores and Mississippi State get together on Tuesday evening from TD Ameritrade Park. We'll have all the info from the College World Series to pass along to you right here on the Y'all Show. 35-year-old golfer Gary Woodland got his first major on Sunday, winning the U.S. Open and this product of Washburn University and the University of Kansas and the Kansas native got the win over Brooks Kepka. Brooks was going for his third straight U.S. Open, but Woodland emerged as the victor, and congratulations to him. His first, as I said, first victory in a major in PGA golf, and I thought Kepka might pull the thing off there at Pebble Beach in the end, but Woodland and his minus 13 score was three better than Kepka. Xander Shoffley was 7-under. Spaniard John Rom tied with Shoffley as well as Chez Reeve and Justin Rose of England in the position of third there in Pebble Beach over the weekend. Now, other Southerners to tell you about. Chesson Hadley, I think he played at Georgia Tech. He was tied for ninth spot. Webb Simpson from Wake Forest fame tied for 16th and a former U.S. Open winner himself. Cooch, Matt Coocher, Georgia Tech, was tied for 16th, and Mr. Woods was tied for 21st with a minus two on his scorecard. But that from the third major of the year, the U.S. Open, now in the books, and your winner, 
Gary Woodland picking up his first major. Congratulations. Now, big news in the NBA broke over the weekend as the L.A. Lakers reached a deal to get the New Orleans pair, their Pelicans unibrow player, Anthony Davis, the former Kentucky Wildcat, the forward, going to L.A. And in exchange, three players and three first-round draft picks are being switched between these two franchises. Remember, although I would say Anthony Davis might have been the star of the Pelicans the last few years, the Pelicans are going to have a bigger star heading their way whenever Zion Williamson signs on officially after being officially drafted in the NBA here in a few weeks. But the Lakers paid a steep price to get Davis with LeBron James as they're sending Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and the picks, including the number four overall selection in this coming Thursday's NBA draft, all going to the Pelicans. The Lakers were able to hold on to forward Kyle Kuzma in the trade. But New Orleans, man, what what a good trump card they've got in their favor right now with Zion coming and having someone like Davis, who really has proven to be a darn good forward in the NBA, and having that kind of player and the power that he brings able to trade him to the Lakers. How about the state of Tennessee as they are honoring Peyton Manning, the former UT quarterback, the former quarterback in the NFL, and an MVP in the NFL. They're honoring him by putting him in the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. They did that over the weekend, and he joined a couple of familiar names as his former assistant coach on Rocky Top, David Cutcliffe, inducted into this same Hall of Fame, and also more. So Tennessee, with the addition of Peyton Manning, David Cutcliffe. Of course, Cutcliffe left Tennessee as an assistant to be the head coach at Mississippi before going on to Duke. Also joining the class, Carol Lawson, a 2008 Olympic gold medalist who played basketball for Pat Summit on Rocky Top. She's now a a TV analyst. Also joining the club was Charles Davis, a four-year starter at safety for the Tennessee Vols and a Fox game analyst now, and Kippy Brown, a former Tennessee coach who also coached seven NFL teams. So the Big Orange with a big impact on the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame induction of 2019. Now some modern coaches and info to pass along in the SEC as the Arkansas Razorbacks head coach Chad Morris is getting a little thumbs up from the recruiting trail as he gained a new quarterback to his stable for the future, and he didn't have to go very far. Chandler Morris, that would be Chad Morris's son, has now committed to play for his father at the University of Arkansas. Chandler, the number 237-ranked prospect in the 2020 class, he announced his decision to go to Arkansas on Friday afternoon. He's a five foot eleven and 170-pound dual-threat quarterback from Highland Park, Texas, had big offers from Auburn, Clemson, and Oklahoma, but ultimately chose the Hogs and the chance to stay closer to his father, Chad, there with the Razorbacks. So I guess that would make Hog Nation proud to know that The coach's son is heading your way in just a few months. And that is a sports recap of the weekend right here on Y'all. Hopefully y'all enjoyed that. And congrats again to Gary Woodland, the first-time major winner. When we come back, we're going to have a great time with Jerry Short. The teller of tales from Taco Polo is headed our way. And we're going to talk about Father's Day and a whole bunch of other good stuff. You don't want to miss out on the fun as the Y'all Show with John Rawl rolls on right after this timeout. Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. Another wireless ad. I know how you feel. 
And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10e included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. S10e, 128GB, $15 a month after $16.25 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630.20, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee, and restrictions apply. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. It's the Y'all Show back with you here on a Monday. And at this point of the show, we are joined each week by the teller of tales from Takapola. We might be in South Carolina this week, but we are not abandoning Takapola. We've got the teller of tales from that special spot on with us right now. Jerry Short. Hello, sir. And a happy belated Father's Day to you, sir. Thank you so much. And uh, you're right. You can't get away from Takapola. We've got everything here but the average tower. I think I'm in Paris. <laughs> How many Walmarts y'all got there in Takapola these days? Uh, well, if if these liberal uh, Democrats will leave us alone, or whoever they are over there on that left side, they'll leave us alone and we can hold the wages down to about $3 an hour, we'll grow. <laughs> they, they want us to go up to about $20, $20 an hour, and I think that's going to put us out of business. <laughs> so it's still about two fifty an hour in Takapola, is that right? Uh Let's see. It was a dollar fifteen and sixty four. Yeah, we ought to be at about three three fifteen. Oh, uh, okay. Something like that. Something like that. So anyway, it, it was a good Father's Day, and I'm sure you had one also. So I did. Congratulations on your spend time with my boy, and I know you probably saw some of your family. Yeah, we did, and uh, you know it's one good thing about getting. You know what goes around comes around. So when you get a little bit older, you get a gift. You know <laughs> from from your children it it goes a different way then and 
and they'll come help you and do a few things for you. And oh, it's great. You know, that's the good part about, uh, I guess, the golden years. But uh, bad part's getting old. But the good part is uh, what goes around comes around. But uh, it, it gets you to thinking. You know, when you when you're with your kids. So uh, I thought of a I thought of a few things that. Uh, we might run by it. We did with my kids when uh, when they were young, and I was a young young father, a real young father. And you know, we had, we had a lot of fun. We uh, some of it was uh, some of it was worth uh, repeating. So, if you're interested in any of that stuff, I'll put a little of it on. Well, we have the teller of tales from Taco Bell on here for a reason. That's for you to share. And I know if you're going to be telling it, then it's going to be fascinating so pretty good pretty go good for stuff. it if not we'll get a different teller of tales no no let's let me think of something quick uh let's see i'll go back to when they were probably in the mid 70s and my son was about four years older than than my daughter and uh they had a place over in arkansas just south of harrison as before uh it was it was before things got really uh going on up in missouri at branson and also uh it was a place called uh are you familiar with uh the cartoon character abner and little abner and i've heard i don't can't say that i watched any of that no i knew you probably didn't but dog patch uh usa and uh they had a uh theme park on highway seven which is supposedly the most beautiful drive through Arkansas. It goes from Fort Smith, uh, not Fort Smith, goes from Hot Springs uh, all the way on up into Branson and uh, Highway 7. And anyway, um, they had this amusement park, but it was so far off of Interstate 40 and and not close to Branson, which Branson hadn't kicked off. It, you, you had to really, it was like you had to hunt it down to find it, so... We decided to go to Dog Patch USA one uh, one weekend, and we drove over to Arkansas and went up to Dog Patch. And, and if you're familiar with all the uh, characters in the in the Little Abner uh, character, they you know they had a thing on television, Little Abner. They had a movie even one time about Daisy May. You remember that? Yes. And and uh, they had Ma and Paul, and and they had Pets, but. Anyway, we went, this thing was way, you, you went down a trolley and you went down and they had a lot of trout uh, streams and trout ponds and a few rides, kind of like a small carnival. They had a lot of statues and it was, it was really, it was neat. You know, had statues of the characters, uh, not Confederate. Well, they were Confederate. One Confederate soldier was on a horse and, uh, he was like an old timey guy, but, uh, all that was, it was really neat and it was, it was really good. And so, but they had a lot of different kind of rides. And so we'd ride as many as we could. And we got to one, I don't know if you remember, if you've ever been associated with the, there was a, uh, circle house that the floor would fall out of. No. It would collapse. You'd be on the wall and, and the uh, centrifugal force would hold you against the wall as it's fun. And it's just spinning round and round and round and round. It get faster and faster and faster, and then the floor would collapse out from under you, and it would go down, and you would be held against the wall, and kind of like astronaut training or something. So 
we got to that and I wanted to, I wanted to do that. You know, I thought, oh, this will be a piece of cake. And so my son, who was four years older than my uh, daughter, and they were probably uh, maybe eight, nine and four or five or so, but he didn't want to do it. And she said she did. Well, they had a restriction on the heights. But we got her up there, and I kind of picked her up by the back of her shorts to get her high enough to go into the bar or to clear the bar. Barely bumped it with her hair. And we got on that doggone thing, and we get, we got, we could walk in, and you get your place, and you hold hands. So I had her hand, and uh, <laughs> that thing started going around and around, and it got faster and faster. And then you could look, and that floor started coming down. And it would start collapsing in the middle and it would go down and the, and it would go faster and faster and faster as it circled around and around. And I think it was going counterclockwise, the best I remember, because it seemed like I always get sicker if I'm counterclockwise. But, uh, when the doggone thing, she was, it was so much force. My daughter was pulling away from me and I was reaching down, just trying to grab her as hard as I could. And I was wishing the thing would stop, but I was scared, and she was having a good time. And you could stand at the uh, an audience, or who didn't ride could be above the house. It was open top, and you'd look down in it. And so my my wife and, and my son, they were looking down in it. They thought everything was good, but I was scared to death because I thought her hand just kept getting further away from mine, where it looked like I only had a couple of fingers holding on to her, and is the thing finally of the floor started coming up, you know, you see it starting to rise. And I said, oh, thank goodness. You know, but I was so sick. I didn't know how sick I had gotten. And as that thing come down and we come off and we met my wife and my son and we walked as we first walked, they had a lot of trout. Uh, trout was everywhere. They just was all over. And then they, they had to, you know, how they make uh, fake rock and stuff. They had one over there, a big one, just as you come out off of this, off of this uh, roundhouse. And I laid down on that thing about to throw up. And they went, I told them, y'all going to have to go on and visit the park without me. I cannot take another step. And I laid on that thing for over an hour while they took the rest of the park. But I had never been so sick. And not to be not to take anything away from my son, but my daughter was just that way. And she is today. I don't think it's anything she wouldn't do. But uh, I thought that was a real good experience when the when the floor fell in and I got so doggone sick I couldn't breathe. And uh, I'd recommend you doing one of those. John. Well, you're supposed to be a tough guy. I mean, you're a spe- that, special well, forces kind of guy. Yeah, but I want an astronaut. And, uh, I, I learned, I learned pretty quick. Heck, I used to get sick on, on the playground in the fourth or fifth grade on a merry-go-round, the kind they put in that they made, you know, with iron bars and an iron base and, and seats, wood seats, and you'd get it spinning. I bet you could spin it 60 miles an hour and I'd get sick on that thing and get out and fall. And, and so I don't think I was ever made to, uh, to be a astronaut. Yeah, well, it's a good it thing was. the East Germans didn't capture you back in the day because it wouldn't yeah. have been waterboarding that would have got you <laughs> to talk like a little girl. It would have been a merry-go-round. 
But, but anyway, that was something I look back on. It's, it's not really funny, but it's an experience. And uh, everybody needs a good experience like that because it'll teach you a little lesson about yourself. And it'll teach you, hey, sometime your uh, fifth, uh, your uh, five-year-old daughter may be tougher than you are even if you're 35 or whatever I was. So anyway, another time we were at um, Silver Dollar. Now I have Silver Dollar City was a disaster, but I'll leave it out. It was more the accommodations and anything else. But uh, another time we were, we were up at St. Louis at um, um, Six Flags over Mid-America, and they've got a Screaming Eagle roller coaster there. That I just love roller coasters. I mean, when you in Memphis, you know they had a theme park in Memphis, and if you come by Memphis at midnight and the roller coaster was going, Elvis had rented the whole thing. He'd ride it all night. So some people like uh, some people like roller coasters and some don't. So we had this same kind of situation when we got to the Screaming Eagle, and we were in line, and the first bunch went. And then we were in the very front. So I knew they were going to be watching us. And I knew they had a limit. And I think it was like maybe maybe 40, 40 inches or something like that is all. If you, if you weren't, uh, you weren't over 40 inches, you couldn't ride it. But then she was not. She was probably 30 something. And so I had her on her tiptoes there till it come out time to load. And then I kind of picked her up like that too. And, she just cleared the bar. And so we got on that screaming eagle. I think it's about 10 stories high. And that was a lot in 1974 or 75 or 76, you know, or 78 or whatever year that would have been. Now today, that place that you and uh, your son went to at uh, Cedar Point, it probably would be, uh, wouldn't be very high. But the no, screaming that eagle, one of the rides there is 450 feet straight up and it goes 120 miles an hour going straight up and they're made out of iron and you know these old ones were all wood and braces you know braced with wood and they were rackety and they and it they did, did have a straight drop down on one end it was probably i bet it was 10 boy, 10 floors would be over 100 feet so that would have been probably max at the screaming eagle but me and her rode that but we got the front seat and oh my gosh, that front seat, even for me, it had me, and I kept looking at her and, but she was having a really good time. And, you know, I didn't, uh, of course, obviously, you know, I didn't want my son thinking anything because she was, uh, in a situation where it was just fun for her. It was a game for her, but it wasn't, it wasn't a game for him. He was serious about it. Now he made it all up later. He'd become a, a real, real good athlete and was a, high school quarterback and basketball point guard and all that kind of stuff and started. And so he made it all up, even though he wouldn't ride some of those crazy rides, but we did a lot of those kind of things as a kid. And, and I think that, uh, you know, on father's day, look back at those things that you did with your children and you did with your kids. And if you spent time with them as, as much as you could, you know, us, us fathers had to, provide and work and 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 at some time we didn't get to spend it I wish we could have spent with them but uh there, there are times that you'll never get back 
and there, there are things that you'll always remember. So anybody that ever gets a chance, do that. And uh, don't regret it. Don't regret the time you spend with your children, no matter what you're doing. I don't care if you're out in the backyard and you're kicking a, a soccer ball around or whatever you're doing or just anything to do. And you know that from just coming back from a trip. And I think you may be on a trip with your son now. Yeah, we're actually – I was going to ask you, Jerry, a good segue is me asking you a question about Father's Day etiquette. I'm okay. not I'm not often with my father, who's still with me, luckily, and I'm not often with him throughout the year, and I'm certainly not usually with him on Father's Day, nor right. am I with him on his birthday, because we right. live several states away, and I just, unfortunately, just haven't been able to connect, and it's really my responsibility as a son to come to him, but that just doesn't often happen to where it lines up perfectly with either Father's Day or his birthday, uh-huh. which is in March. Uh-huh. But I just happened to be with him and my mother on Sunday, and we all went out to eat. And I did something I don't normally do, Jerry, and I want to ask your opinion on this. I took my parents out to eat. I paid for it. That's something I don't often do, and I'm not because I'm a cheapskate. I just I just usually don't volunteer. Right. <laughs> and I did right. on Sunday. Now, I'm asking you as a parent who has a grown adult children, at what point do does a parent become maybe – upset that their kids don't at least occasionally buy a meal for them well uh you know it depends on what what other things they do for you okay uh i don't know if there's any anything set in stone that hey buy me a meal because i'll run this one by you my wife paid for and and she's not the uh she's not my son's uh real mother and uh she paid for our father's day meal because both of us are are fathers obviously i got grandchildren he's got two he's got two sons and she paid for that so you know as far as etiquette goes uh it was perfectly good and uh both of us enjoyed it and and he gave me a present which would have paid for the meal and uh, a card and a present and then I gave him a card and a present because he's a father. And uh, so, uh, you know, as far as uh, what I would say about, uh, I would say it would have a lot to do with how your relationship has been from your whole your whole relationship. Well, you you're, know, you're not like, helping me out here. What I was hoping to hear you say, Jerry, is if you're the parent, and it doesn't matter how old those kids are, that yeah. you're always going to feel like they're yours and it's not even up for discussion. You're just going to naturally take care of those kids oh well that's definitely true because uh, <laughs> it's nothing i wouldn't do okay. and you know would, I, I was more aiming at it if hey should they buy me my dinner or lunch or whatever and uh but far as doing things for them and like i said you know i gave mine uh, uh a little cash and a, and a card and in turn, he did me about the same way with a gift certificate and stuff. And so, you know, in your in your situation, you're not having much time with your daddy. And I think our generations have more changed. And you got to blame a lot of that, John. I think because things have become so much now about monetary reasons. We can blame the Democrats. That's what you're going to say. Yeah, absolutely. The monetary reasons that they 
expect you to buy something, spend something, or, you know, keep it going like that. Well, we didn't do that in my time. Now, I know I'm older than you. Just slightly, uh, though. Well, slightly, but it's getting where every year counts. I'm getting getting high enough now that time's flying way too fast. But, uh, no, I would say that – now, how did y'all do it again? Run that one by me. I don't normally buy meals for my parents, and I bought Sunday lunch because it was Father's Day, and I wasn't here for Mother's Day to go out to eat with my mother. No, I think it's great. And I just was asking because you, I'm really asking more because you have grown adult children who have jobs. Do you ever, Uh, ever sit back as a, I guess, a selfish human being saying, you know, darn it, I wish that kid would buy me lunch once in a while. Do you ever have that feeling? Oh, no. Okay. I never never have that feeling because they've got, they've they've both got, you know, children, kids. And they both are loaded with what they do. So normally, kind of like you started out uh, earlier saying, we, we've had times where we could, I would might be working in New Mexico, Texas, or Colorado on these holidays later in life since they've grown and got older. You know, my children now are in their mid-40s, and one, my son's 52, I think. I mean, maybe 53. But, <laughs> Don't but, ask uh, me. <laughs> no, no. But, but, but anyway, with, you know, times change so much and things become so monetary that uh, it's, it's ex- I think it's kind of expected that for any kind of occasion, you go out. Now, who pays? That's between y'all. Do you enjoy and, buying your kids' meals? Do you enjoy oh, yeah, every yeah, every enjoy moment it. that you're with them? And it's not like you live a long way from your kids. You enjoy every moment you're with your kids. Oh yeah, I mean i I don't I've never had a problem one. I've I've never I've never whipped either one of my children. I've never spanked them or paddled them or you know I've probably they they've always just said hey when I spoke they knew what to do huh. so they didn't have to go any further than that so. We we've always had such a good relationship as as a uh, father and and children that it just really didn't matter with us okay. how it was handled. It was more spur of the moment type thing. You know, if you know, my son might buy me a meal just out of the blue if we're out somewhere. But normally, I I'm usually the one that does the buying because that's kind of customary. Okay, but. It's nothing unusual at all. And yes, it, it, the more I could give, the better I would feel about it. He, uh, and I think that's only natural that a parent, uh, you know, you know what they say, everybody wants their, the next generation to be better than their generation. And I think that all flows together kind of. Yeah. So if that's any kind of an answer. Well, yeah, it helps. I just, again, I don't, I'm asking again more because you are the parent of grown children. I still have yeah. a youngster and yeah. I feel now that man, I always want to just give and spoil him if I can, even though I really don't want to do that per se. Well, but. you do, you do, but you don't want to do it or you know, you, where it can be seen you're doing. Yeah. You know, you want to do right. You want to, you want to, you want them to have what they need. 
but don't go overboard. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to shower him with a car, a brand yeah. new car, when he's 15, yeah. and a no. house when he's 20. I'm going to give him a hamburger though when he's 10 years old and when he's 100 Absolutely. years old. I'm going to Absolutely. I'm going to have a good time with my son, and that's part of the thrill of, of Father's Day where we all come together. And again, maybe people like me got to see their fathers or grandfathers, and they don't often see them throughout the year, but they maybe well, they've had a chance to do that. Well, look, and you never know when you may lose them. Yeah. Uh, my my father, my mother died at 43 years old, and my father died at 53 years old six months apart and uh you know heck i was just 21 two or three so uh you never know so you better take advantage of every second you've got and i'm not being uh some know-it-all or somebody that thinks you know hey this is the way it should be that's just the way i feel and uh well, we're, from experience. We're excited about the way you feel. We're talking with Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. And we, again, hope all of y'all out there, if you're a father, you had a wonderful Father's Day 2019 and a belated Happy Mother's Day to all our moms out there. I don't know why they don't have Kids Day, Jerry. I guess that's all well, the rest of the days well, of the year. Hey, they, they do now. You just got to go to the Hallmark section and <laughs> you'll see you'll see Granddaddy Day and Great Granddaddy Day and <laughs> Aunt and Uncle Day. And dog they, Day. They, and they cover else. the bases, yeah. right? They, All right. They cover monetarily speaking. Well, Jerry, we are in South Carolina all this week, and I'm having a good time. In fact, on Father's Day, I was talking about some of my family history, and I had a great uncle that I got to know a little bit as a youngster. And I knew he was a strange bird, but boy, I didn't realize until talking with my family just how much my great uncle Gene hated blackbirds. And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about why would my great uncle Gene, who kind of farmed on the side in South Carolina, hated blackbirds. What are so bad about blackbirds? Jerry Short has the answer, and we'll tell you about it when we come back. They always told Will he was too short to play basketball, but Will never listened. Will let his work ethic do the talking for him, always in a gym, always running drills. Will knew where there was a will, there was a way, and he was Will. But then, after his second child was born, he realized the pros were all way better than him, so Will gave up and buried his high tops in a tearful ceremony. But one day, he heard that Geico could save him money on car insurance, so he switched and saved a bunch, which was awesome. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. 
You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Down the streets, some pretty mama start breaking down with me. Start breaking down, yes, yeah, start breaking down. The stuff I got a bunch of brains out, baby. Ooh, it'll make you lose your mind. We are back. It's y'all, and this is the final segment here on this first day of the work week as we broadcast from beautiful South Carolina all this week. Right now, I'm still hanging out in the Columbia, South Carolina area near the hometown of Lexington, and we're discussing all things South with Jerry Short from Takapola. And this is our final segment with the Teller of Tales from Takapola Way. As I said before the break, I was talking with my father and some other family members on Sunday as we celebrated Father's Day. And I happened to barely know as a youngster, my great uncle, my father's uncle was Gene Kaminer of Lexington, South Carolina. And Gene and his wife never had children. In fact, one time, I actually remembered this on Sunday, one time my brothers and I got to stay over at their house and they had a home that was probably built around 1900 and it was a blast from the past and I was ready to get out of there whenever the next day came around, but I'm glad I got to do it now looking back. But Gene was a very strange bird. And one of the things I didn't realize about Uncle Gene was that he did not like blackbirds. And he grew some cotton on his small farm in the Lexington area. And he also had sugarcane. In fact, he used to harvest that thing. And a lot of people would go watch him do that. And that's a little weird to have sugarcane in South Carolina, but that's exactly what he did. But Jerry, he absolutely detested blackbirds. So tell, right. me, tell me why, because I'm not from the old days of white old blackbirds. Is, and, and, Let's see, how, how old would he have been? Well, my grandmother was born in 22. He was probably born okay. around 1919. Yeah. He's just right for what I'm going to say then, I guess. But, you know, back in those days, if you take a look now, like, you know, people have big farms. A corporation has big farms, and you know they may have two or three thousand acres. And back in those days, people had forties and eighties, and boy, you were pretty well off if you had a quarter of a section of land or something like that. You know, if you had one hundred sixty acres, you were really well off. So everybody planted their crop on their own land. Then people lived on their own land, and these doggone blackbirds that you're. Uh, you said great uncle. Yes. That your great uncle didn't like, I can definitely understand why. Because they would roost in an area, say, it might, they may cover a feeding range of, uh, let's just say, 30 acres. I mean, 30 miles. Say they cover 30 miles of where they're going to feed during the day, these blackbirds. But where, they, where they're roosting, there's there's probably a hundred thousand blackbirds in a thicket. I know where I lived, it was a thicket. We called it Greener's Hill because it was mostly all big cedar trees, 
and blackbirds would roost in them at night because they got good cover there. But they would go out in the morning about daylight, just as the sun was coming up. It would be, I'd be a little, little about seven o'clock because I'd be, I'd come out the door going to school and they would fly over you and they would blacken the sky. They would be so thick leaving town, heading in their feeding directions. So when they would fly over, they would use the restroom on your head if you didn't run. So they would down in town, they would mess town up. You'd almost have to have uh, water trucks to clean the streets because they would make such a mess when they flew out in such droves of blackbirds. And as they went on, they would go on all day and feed. And I'm going to say these that I'm talking about would feed in a westwardly direction. And they would stop in everybody's crops and they would be feeding on their stuff. So they was messing over their houses. They was messing over their land. They was a hindrance that you just could not shake. I mean, it was so, they'd be so thick and they would turn and they would fly back into this, just into where they would bed up for the night. They would fly back, but they would take their time and they'd be eating until just before dark. And when they come over, they would, Use that restroom again on you, mess everything up again on you. And then they would go up in this area called Greener's Hill that we called it, just in particular, because it was so many cedar trees that covered it, which gave them really good warmth and cold weather and stuff like that. And and if it rained, it could hardly rain through those cedars. They were so thick. So we would go up in those cedar trees at night, uh, just before dark. And we would dang, shoot them with shotguns. And we would probably one round, one shotgun, one one 12-gauge shot, a bird shot would probably knock out 20, could knock out as many as 20 uh, blackbirds with one shot. And it was a lot of people that didn't have a lot. A lot of, a lot of people lived in there that maybe didn't have much food. They didn't have, in those days, we didn't have uh all this, you know, freebie stuff and food stamps. So we had people that would be there, and they would we would give them all the doggone blackbirds we kill, and they would go ahead and, and eat them. They'd take them home and eat them and dress them and eat them. But they would mess up any area that they were around. You could, and they, they carried a disease with them sometimes also. So if he was around those son of guns, and they had that disease around them. And they were dropping litter on top of his head, and they were eating his corn, and they were in his in his garden probably. If he had a garden, they'd get in the garden. So you know they went everywhere and did everything like that. Well, so listen to this, no, no Jerry. One. I found out uh-huh. that not only were they doing the things you've already discussed, these dang blackbirds were violent. They actually oh, yeah. destroyed a bush hog of his because they create so many nests and a bush hog that it caught on fire. He had a combine catch on fire That's because right. of these blackbird nests. That's right. I knew of a barn that caught on fire because they it, it wasn't close to uh, this uh, protected area of cedar trees. They all roosted in a barn. And the heat from all their waste caught on fire and caught hay on fire Golly. and burned a guy, it burned a guy's barn down. Golly. So, so I mean, you know, it, it creates all that heat, all that waste. The waste would be so thick, 
Sometimes you couldn't hardly even walk or walk where they'd been. And then when we'd go shoot them, it, you, your shoes, you just almost need to throw them away hmm. after you've been up there shooting I'm them. I'm sorry we're talking about this today, but it's something that, Jerry, I don't know. Are we seeing as many blackbirds now as we did when you were a lad? Oh, no. No, we don't see hardly any. And the reason, one, you know, one of the main reasons we don't see any, you know, the whole concept of our life has changed. We, you know, like I was started out with the conversation. Uh, people have small farms. Now people have moved to the city, and they don't live on those small farms that they once lived on. And and so they're not growing the, the feed on those small farms that they once grew on those small farms. So, you know, they're big farms. And if you take a big farm, say, in the Mississippi Delta, if you're growing, uh, say, rice or catfish or whatever you might be growing, you've got some kind of uh, some kind of noise makers that'll sound like a shotgun going off. They go off every so often to keep all these birds and things away. And uh, so if you didn't do that, but see those rich people, I say rich people or corporations or people that have a good bit of money can afford to do things like that to protect their land from, you know, these parasites. And I'm going to call them a parasite because they are a parasite. And, uh, you know, animal lovers and people that uh, are worried about those kind of things can forget it because if they had lived through it, they wouldn't have liked them any more than your great uncle did. <laughs> great uncle Gene. Again, he absolutely detested blackbirds. And but I know why. And I guarantee you he was in an area where they indicated him with no telling how much stuff from above. And great uncle yeah. Gene left a memory for me. It literally made me nauseous for about three years. One time, I guess, sugar cane, you have like, does it kind of look like corn? when you? Well, what we did, we didn't have sugar cane as far north. What we had was sorghum, which is the same thing. We'd make sorghum molasses out of it. Okay. And we'd have a mule down and we called it in the woods lot. And he had a mule too. And the mule would turn. And you'd grind it, uh-huh. and then you'd burn it at night, and you'd make sorghum molasses and put them in those little tin cans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, you're talking about a, a fun night. Kind of the neighbors would come around then, and everybody would – they might bring their own stuff, their own uh, own uh, sorghum, and we'd make sorghum molasses by feeding it in the crusher, and that mule would continually walk in that circle. Thank goodness he wasn't walking as fast as I had to go in that dang circle out. <laughs> he he would have been on his ground. Well, he would have been on the ground. I had always heard about how good that stuff was, and some somebody had brought back the not cooked sorghum or molasses or sugar cane, but they had like the raw yeah. stuff sitting over here on a ledge one time from Uncle right. Jeans, and I said, "Oh man, I think I'm gonna go sample this." And I went and sucked. <laughs> I went and sucked on it, Jerry, and that <laughs> that taste and that feeling stuck with me for it's literally years. It, it's just a. Mm. It's not a horrible taste. It's just such an unusual smell and taste that I just couldn't get it out. And that's what my lasting yeah. memory of Gene Cantor that, will always that, be. That was, that was probably sorghum. It probably wasn't sugar. Okay. okay. Because South Louisiana, you know, I, I go out in the fields and cut milk stalk or two of sugar cane down and peel it back and suck it out. And it's about like, I don't know if you've ever done it out of a, out of a honeysuckle vine and it pull that little thread out the back of it. It's like yeah. kind of like a thread and suck that. It, it, 
that's kind of what sherry came to okay us. well i don't know what it was but it left a definite mark on my childhood yeah jerry but short anymore. thank you for the great memories and i'm glad we know much more about blackbirds now and poor little things have pretty much evaporated from the southeast and that should make my great uncle gene Cameron very happy thank well, if you they come, if they come back i'm gonna go shoot a few more yeah he was around. he was not a fan but we're a fan of you jerry you have a great week and thank you for your input here Thank you, sir. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, make sure y'all join us again for the Tuesday, y'all. We'll have barbecue talk. We'll have so much other great stuff coming your way. You do not want to miss it. Go get you some sorghum. Go get you some sugar cane and uh, maybe some blackbird stew if you are lucky. We'll be right back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to y'all on location in South Carolina. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.